Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 30th of November. The reopening of Australia's international borders has been delayed as more new cases of the Omicron COVID variant are detected in Australia. Following an urgent National Security Committee meeting overnight, the Prime Minister has announced allowing hundreds of thousands of skilled workers and students into the country will now not go ahead as planned. The first of around 200,000 visa holders were set to start arriving from tomorrow and now that's been delayed until the 15th of December. Here is Prime Minister Scott Morrison. We have had many, many of these variants, Mr Speaker, that have already come to Australia. We've been able to address and deal with those. And in terms of Omicron, Mr Speaker, we are undertaking sensible, balanced and proportionate responses, working closely together with the states and territories. Two new cases of Omicron have been detected in Sydney last night and another infection was confirmed in the Northern Territory, bringing the total number of infections of the new variant in Australia to five. Chief Medical Officer Professor Paul Kelly says the situation is changing rapidly but admits with vaccines we're in a much better position than what we were last year. We did not have vaccines. We did not have proven mRNA technology. We have both of those now. We have contracts with those with those companies. They are already starting on, on considering what they would do as a specific vaccine if it is needed. The federal government has asked ATAGI to investigate our current booster vaccine program and whether we need to bring the third vaccine forward. The Prime Minister will meet with state and territory leaders later today at National Cabinet with the new variant and borders top of the agenda. Just weeks before Christmas, South Australia's Premier isn't ruling out a hard border closure. Here is Stephen Marshall. Well, let's just wait to see what uh, information we can gather over the next 24, 48 hours. This is a, a brand new variant of concern. Meantime, Queensland has confirmed its border reopening plans will stay in place at this stage for the 17th of December. Overseas now and the World Health Organisation has issued a statement overnight warning the new variant of COVID poses a very high risk globally and could lead to severe consequences in some areas. It comes as the UK announces it will bring forward its booster vaccine program as new cases of Omicron are detected in London and Scotland. Health experts are advising all adults to get their third vaccine dose just three months after their second. Here is Deputy Chief Medical Officer for England, Professor Jonathan Van Tam. We should all note that even without increased severity, as the case numbers grow, then hospitalisations will also grow. Meantime, the US, who enforced travel bans over the weekend, has praised South African epidemiologists for alerting the world about the new variant. President Joe Biden says Omicron is cause for concern, but not panic. But while we have that travel restrictions can slow the speed of Omicron, it cannot prevent it. But here's what it does. It gives us time to take more actions, to move quicker, to make sure people understand you have to get your vaccine. You have to get the, get the booster. The sooner or later, we're going to see cases of this new variant here in the United States. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. Firstly, to New South Wales, and there's been a breakthrough in the case of a serial rapist in Sydney's inner west. Officers have been investigating 13 separate sexual assaults against women between 2003 and 2004, even receiving help from the FBI. Now, after a DNA breakthrough, a 51-year-old man has been arrested and charged. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has the details from Sydney. Tash, it was a case with 3,000 persons of interest that went cold, but now, more than 15 years later, a 51-year-old city man has been charged with four historical sexual assaults. He's accused of aggravated break and enters and rapes in Croydon, Bondi, Bexley and Marrickville. He was linked through a family member who was in the DNA database. New South Wales Police Minister David Elliott says the breakthrough should serve as a warning to any offenders yet to be caught. No matter how long ago your offence occurred. Uh, Technology and science means that it is highly likely that you will still be brought to justice. And to Queensland, where the Royal Commission into Defence and Veteran Suicide has started public hearings. The mother of a 21-year-old army private saying her son took his own life because he felt trapped after being singled out and repeatedly bullied. Nikki Jamison says she was kept in the dark about her son's health and has told the Royal Commission families need to be aware of the mental health of ADF members. Our reporter David Shiraz has this report from Brisbane. Good morning, Tash. Nikki Jamison's son, Daniel Garforth, took his own life in November of 2014 up in Darwin. Ms Jamison's lips trembled as she spoke bravely to the Royal Commission, telling those listening that her son endured endless torment and ridicule by his chain of command and that no one had his back. The Royal Commission was told Mr Garforth reported the behaviour to three people, but was threatened with charges if he pursued the matter. She's calling for change, saying there's a disconnect between the policies and practice within the Defence Force. A reminder, if you need support, call Open Arms on 1800 011 046. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, Editor-at-Large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. We've already seen extraordinary growth in the real estate market in city areas across the country. Now it's happening in regional parts of the country. And they're continuing to do so, Tash. I mean, a combination, you've got cheap credit, the affordability and this flexibility in work arrangements. That looks like it's going to stay. That is contributing to more Aussies snapping up these regional properties. And CoreLogic's latest regional market report revealed 24 of the 25 regions it analysed recorded double-digit growth. And more than half of these regions recorded a 12-month rise of more than 20%. And the best performing regional area was the Southern Highlands and Shellhaven region in New South Wales. Now, it saw an annual growth rate in house values of just over 35%. And it was followed by Richmond, Tweed region in the northern New South Wales, around 32.8%. And then Queensland's Sunshine Coast, which recorded an annual growth rate of 32.3%. Now, the problem here, as they rightly point out, is that if housing values across regional parts of the country continue to outpace the capitals, then the regional market's going to lose its affordability. And we know right now the median price of a house in regional Australia is just a tad over $411,000. Now, that's about $232,000 less than what you'd pay for the median price of a house in a capital city. So it's still considerably cheaper, but the gap's closing. And tomorrow's CoreLogic will uh, release data for November. And while it's expected to be strong, Tash, it's got to slow down. It's 
probably going to show a further slowing in house price growth. We'll have to wait and see tomorrow. And talking about the real estate market, it's set to get more expensive for investors or for borrowers who don't have a solid deposit. And how can anyone achieve that at the moment? Um, so, look, yesterday the Australian Prudential Regulation Authority, APRA, it did finalise its new framework work for bank capital. And this is the amount of money banks have to put down for loans. It acts as a buffer to protect the financial system in a crisis. And what they've got to do now is banks have to set aside more capital for higher risk loans. And they include things like interest only and investor uh, loans as well. And of course, if they've got to do that, what that makes them is less profitable. And that would be a perfect reason to, you know, to up the price on these. The flip side to this is that banks will be able to hold less capital against loans to borrowers with larger deposits, meaning they'll probably be chasing these types of loans. Now, these new rules kick in on January 2023. Um, if you've got, say, a 40% deposit, the cheapest rate is about 1.79%, compared to a 20% deposit, that rate sitting at 1.94%. Effie, thanks as always. Thanks. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, Shane Warne has had his say about selection and the appointment of Australia's new test leaders. Good morning, Tash. Yeah, Warney was uh, limping yesterday, had a motorbike accident over the weekend, might have a broken foot, but certainly hasn't stopped him from having strong opinions. And one of them is on the leadership of the test team. Of course, Pat Cummins, the new captain, Steve Smith, his deputy, and that's the appointment that Warney would have uh, changed. He would have uh, David Warner as the vice captain and can't understand why he shouldn't be considered for a leadership position. How can the captain be allowed to take up another leadership role where... A player like David Warner, who's probably got the best cricket brain in the team, isn't allowed to. Now, in terms of uh, spinners, he's had a bit to say there as well. He wants to see Mitch Swepson put the heat on Nathan Lyon to become the frontline test spinner during the Ashes. Warney says the Queenslander is a leggy with a lot of promise. I hope Mitch Swepson, as a leg spinner, puts some pressure on Nathan Lyon. You know, Nathan Lyon's form isn't great. And we were due to have an intra-squad match between the Australia and Australia A squads on Wednesday in Queensland, but due to wet weather, that is extremely unlikely to go ahead. So that denies Alex Carey and Josh Inglis a final Ashes audition. And Brett, finally, we're so excited. The Bathurst 1000 will roar to life this weekend and Jamie Wincup is confident of conquering Mount Panorama just one last time. Yeah, of course, this is his uh, final race and what a career he has had. The Red Bull driver claiming a record seven championships, four Bathurst 1000s and 124 race wins and he's aiming to go out on top. I hope you do see an aggressive uh, win it or bin it, Jamie, that you've seen the last 10 years. Yeah, can't wait to see that this weekend. Absolutely. And Brett, we've got another development in whether Novak Djokovic plans to compete at the Aussie Open next year as the controversy continues over mandatory vaccines. Yeah, Novak's father says his son is unlikely to play at the Aussie Open uh, if COVID rules aren't relaxed. All players, as we know, must be vaccinated if they want to compete next January. He's so far refused to reveal whether he's had the jab. His father was speaking to Serbian TV, was quoted as saying, as far as vaccines and non-vaccines are concerned, it's the personal right of each of us. Under these blackmails and conditions, he's described it, that uh, Novak probably won't play. So, uh, yeah, we probably won't have uh, the world's number one player, arguably the best in the world, uh, competing next year due to his uh, vaccine status. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. And one of Australia's greatest actors has died overnight. Pioneering Indigenous actor David Gulpilil has passed away, age 68, 
after a long battle with lung cancer. A warning, this story contains the name and voice of a deceased Indigenous person. David will be best remembered for his extraordinary roles in Storm Boy, Rabbit Proof Fence, Australia, and of course, Crocodile Dundee. Oh no, you can't take my photograph. Oh, I'm sorry, you believe it'll take your spirit away? No, you got a lens cap on. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is among the many stars paying tribute, saying David's contribution to film is immeasurable and his humanity is irreplaceable. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.